Hi, this is the Seattle Mama Doc Podcast, and I'm Dr. Wendy Sue Swanson. I'm here with Dr. Gretchen Goodmanson. She's a clinical psychologist at Seattle Children's. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. So this is a terrifying topic to talk about. You know, who's really at risk for suicide and what as a parent, community member, or whoever you are and how you identify yourself, how do you help? So we are going to go through this in lists in some ways. It's just actionable items of what you do if you worry about a teen or frankly anyone who you think might be at risk for suicide. So frame it up, Dr. Goodmanson. Uh, you know, how often does this happen? It is it is incredibly rare. So it's it's very scary. And when you think about sort of the range of it, having thoughts can happen. But as you kind of go up the ladder, it comes it becomes increasingly rare, you know, acting on the thoughts and then making an attempt and then actually completing a suicide. And dying from suicide is very rare. Yes. So that's the good news, right? This is very rare. I think when we worry about a child, teen, or even an adult suffering from depression, we always worry about and bolster support in their lives to prevent suicide. And that's, of course, what we want to do today. So first and foremost, it's rare. You know, probably in teens, less kids, less than one in 100,000 kids dies from suicide. In teens, it is a more common cause of, suicide, of death in teens. That's because Thankfully, teens don't die very often, but it you know it's in the top two or three causes of that, and still very rare. Risk factors for children who die from suicide include a previous suicide attempt. So, Dr. Goodmanson, you've told me too that that's a really dangerous time for kids if there's been an attempt that a second attempt could happen too. Exactly, the first three months after a suicide attempt is a high risk time. So if you know if your child had a suicide attempt or you've heard about that, getting and ensuring that you've got good support and a good plan and a good crisis plan at that time is important. You know, other things really put kids at risk for dying from suicide. So other um, mood disorders or schizophrenia, substance abuse and alcohol disorders, you know, a history of being abused or mistreated, a family history of suicide, which many of us have in our families. I mean, I have a family history of suicide. So I, I worry and think about suicide more because I, I, I kind of know it's in the gene pool, <laughs> just as we've talked about depression in it of itself is um, certainly genetic. You know, feelings of hopelessness. So if you hear those kinds of thoughts of hopelessness, that does increase the risk of dying from suicide, physical illness, aggressive tendencies or impulsive tendencies. So talk about that a bit, that suicide doesn't tend to happen um, slowly. <laughs> yeah, it's suicide is tricky um, because, you know, we all want to be able to predict it and, yeah. and we can't. So again, that's why we have these risk factors. So for all of us to be aware and impulsivity is a risk factor, uh, whether someone has depression or something else, just because it's, it's associated with doing high risk, dangerous things, yeah. not thinking things all the way through. So what's hard is, uh, I mean, we think a lot about depression and feeling suicidal as being intentional, which it can be, but it can also be kind of accidental or you get a mix of, mm. um, being, you know, uh, really upset and then doing something quickly, really without thinking. Yeah. So if, if, if you know that your teen, if you're worried about their severe depression um, and you know they're very impulsive, it's something to talk with the care provider about. You know, big, huge losses in life are risk factors. So financial, social losses or relationship loss, isolation and not feeling connected are considered an ex, you know, a, um, an evidence-based risk factor. And then easy access to methods and means of suicide are a risk factor. And you know, I can't say this enough as a, as a pediatrician and community member that we know even data from King County where Seattle is that if you have a firearm in your home, um, you know, the risk of suicide is nine 
fold. So, you know, if there's a teen or anyone in your home, you know, who has underlying depression, severe depression, or has ever had any suicide attempt or um, suicide, what we call ideation, where they're talking about that, you need to get firearms out of reach, out of the house. And then in addition, of course, in a locked place. Do you have anything else to add about that? I guess the other thing is I just don't underestimate what your kids know. So often Mm -hmm. you hear that, oh, there's a code or there's a key. Mm -hmm. To a lockbox. Teens know know it or they can figure it out. Yeah, and data supports that. That if you ask kids um, where the gun is, if if families, you know, will say, I think there's, I I don't have the sticks right off the top of my head, but I know this data is published that, you know, parents will say, oh, my kids don't know where it is. And then the far majority of kids do. Right, mm-hmm. you're, you're, kids are so smart. <laughs> they know so much about what's going on in their families that way. Um, and then another risk factor and warning signs. Let's move on to warning signs for families. So, if kids are talking about suicide or talking about wanting to die, that's a risk factor, right? Yeah, yeah. It just shows that they're thinking about it because some kids just really don't. It's not something they ever contemplate. So, if they do talk about it or mention it, whether it's in a serious moment or even a little bit more offhand, you want to pay attention to that. If you know that your kids are feeling trapped or desperate, or feel like they can't get out of a situation at school, at home, in life, in illness, in loss, that's a warning sign. Feeling of being a burden to others. So if your kids are apologizing for who they are and what they need, that might be a risk factor in the case of severe depression. What are some other risks? Other things um, are very similar to what we see in depression. So losing interest in things uh, that they typically enjoy, um, withdrawing, isolating themselves, spending a lot more time in their room, on their computer, being kind of irritable or agitated. Um, Other things you want to be aware of is just any situation where they felt really humiliated or Mm. had a lot of shame. Is a risk factor. Because those are two emotions that can really, um, are particularly linked to feelings of suicide. So shame and humiliation, oh, those are awful words. Like you think about those, what those two things mean, shame and humiliation. But as parents, maybe as practitioners, we have to be aware that if that's what we're hearing someone's reporting, that's maybe a risk factor and, or a warning sign. So let's talk then. Okay, here we are. We're worried. We've heard some of these risk factors. Kids are talking about wanting um, to end their life with suicide. They're losing interest. They're maybe irritable and agitated. Um, you know, what's one of the first things that we can do? I think you know, whether that's happening or just as a parent, you want to make sure your child has the capacity to articulate their emotions and their self and others and that that is something that is discussed and that you can talk about. So even just telling them, it's so, like even if you know your child's depressed, if you're feeling like you want to end your life, you should tell me about it. It's okay to tell me that. Yeah. Or if you're feeling angry or frustrated that, that that's okay and to recognize that emotions, we have them, that they're okay and it's okay to talk about because that sometimes can be, particularly if it's a change, you know, they might have been a kind of more happy-go-lucky kid yeah. and then for the All first time in their lives they're experiencing they're this hard stuff. So, And asking directly is really important. So that's one of the protective factors that, you know, you told me research shows that asking your child directly, do you want to end your life with suicide? Are you thinking about killing yourself? It doesn't plant the idea in their head. It opens up the opportunity of having a candid conversation. Exactly. It's quite the opposite because we've long known that that, that Fear about asking, potentially causing it, is a worry of parents, of teachers, of so many people. And we, so there's great research where they actually uh, did a controlled trial and they found that it, it, there was no connection between. Uh, suicidal ideation, suicide attempts, anything like that. So we really can give a loud message that asking is important. Yeah, so if you're concerned today about someone in your life being suicidal today, go and ask them if they are. 
and, and open up that channel so that you're a safe place to go. You know, pay attention to changes in your child. You're the expert on your child. You've known them likely as long as anyone. So if there's a large change, um, making sure that you're paying attention to that uh, and, and asking directly about them because they may have good ideas about what they need and how to solve a problem. Or they may be overwhelmed and not have any of those, right? I mean, kids can respond, I think, either way. Yeah, yeah. And and it, and again, that can kind of lead you to see, like, if neither of you know what to do, then then maybe you need to get you help. Get some help, yeah. And then, you know, you, you, you talk about building your village and your child's village. And I think about that as not being overwhelmed and, and, and worried. I mean, you want to be worried about if, you can, if you're thinking that your child might be suicidal. But inviting other people in, that there are other protectors in a child's life, their friends, other family members, people who have a stake in a child's life, openly talking to your teen about talking to other people to make sure they're aware that you want them to help support. Exactly. And each, each situation is different, but it just it, it's the case that some kids, particularly if, if they're feeling suicidal, it might be just so hard to get those words out. Yeah. And it might be that it's just easier for them to do that with, you know, an aunt or a coach or their therapist. You know, it just so you just want to figure out really specifically what works for them because you don't want that to get in the way of communicating what's going on. And then let's talk about barriers. We want to make it harder for a teen who might have ideas or thoughts or even talking about actions for suicide to die from suicide. So what are some of the things that we can do to make it harder for kids and create barriers? As we already discussed, firearms are, that's that's kind of maybe a more obvious one, but very important one. So barriers to that, whether it's... Get them know. out of the home. If they are in the home and you can't get them out of the home, make sure they're unloaded, locked yeah. and stored separate from ammunition. Absolutely. And don't buy that you don't think your teen knows where it is. Yeah. Right? Okay. Okay. What else besides firearms? How can we make it hard? Other things, um, medications. So those Costco bottle size, you know, yeah. size Tylenol, Advil, things like that. Some over-the-counter medications can be fatal. Fatal. That's right. And the internet, they have at their fingertips to kind of figure yeah. some of that out. Or sometimes they might not even know. So you want to, um, uh, if, if your concern is heightened, you want to just... Put those, lock those away. Put those in a different part of the house. Just make them not accessible. Um, sharps, so things like knives and scissors, things like that. Take you want to just, yeah, if you, if you put can. them in a lockbox. Uh-huh. Um, take them out of the house. Uh, you also just want to be, um, that's, and part of it, you want to know what, what your kid might be thinking about too. So you just. That's why asking directly is really yeah. important. And the secondary question is if a child says, yeah, I am thinking about killing myself saying, how are you thinking about doing that? Right. So that you can build the barriers and get those risks out. And then, so we're asking directly. And then, you know, second to that point of, you know, making sure that a child knows that it's okay to share that and that you're taking it seriously and that you're going to get help. And then, you know, your last point, as Dr. Goodman that you've shared, is really this crisis prevention planning. So you, you kind of have given three tips. Number one being identifying the triggers, right? So helping kids understand what is it, maybe some of those risk factors we discussed, big changes, lack of social support, you know, some a big loss that happens and yeah. helping your kid, asking your kids kids, right? Yeah. Um, what the trigger is. What's the next step? The next step is uh, to just a, a kind of articulate the warning signs. So both um, what are, and you know those as a parent, like how they're having a hard time, but they, they know that about them too. So just, and write them, write them down on a piece of paper that, oh, I start to withdraw. I'll be more snappy. Um, I won't want to go to soccer. So just know the warning signs. And then determine, okay, when anyone sees warning signs, what, what we can we do? do? Yeah. And that, you know, number three of that, of this, you know, kind of 
crisis prevention planning is really having a number. So getting a crisis line, um, a suicide prevention line, even an online site in your child's phone, reminding them they can always call those suicide prevention lines, that they can find a group of people in their life to who to call when they're feeling desperate and make sure everyone on that list knows about it and has exactly. a commitment to be there on the other end of the line. And then always reminding teens they can go to the internet and in Google, if they type the word suicide, the first hit will always be a suicide prevention line and always know that they can call 911 and so can you. Exactly. Or just take them to an emergency room yep. if you need to. Throw them in the car and take them to an emergency room or call 911. You will never be doing the wrong thing if your level of worry gets that high. Exactly. Thank you so much, Dr. Goodmanson, for talking with us about what to do if we worry about suicide. All right. Thank you. You know, the reality is, and this topic of any I've discussed is true, that parenting is a high-stakes job. And the good news is, you've got this. Thanks for listening. The Seattle Mama Doc Podcast episodes air every single week. I'm always interested in hearing what you have to say, what was helpful, and what you want to learn more about. Reach out to me on Twitter at Seattle Mama Doc, on my Facebook, Seattle Mama Doc, or at SeattleMamaDoc.com. Tell me what you want to learn. Tell me if you want to join me and point me to experts you'd love to learn more from. <laughs>